your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds Podcast. Today I have an amazing special guest and good friend, Mr. Chris Gronkowski. Welcome my brother, how are you? Yeah, let's go, what's up man? <laughs> let's go, let's go. You guys, Chris is the owner and inventor of Ice Shaker. You know, he first made his a, a career, a profound career for himself as a professional football player in the NFL in 2010 after being signed by the Dallas Cowboys as a fullback, you know, and during the NFL, he also played for the Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos until 2016. He decided to put his brilliance and his entrepreneurial skills to the test when he set out to create a nice shaker that would alleviate pain in the current health and fitness world. He decided at that point that he was going to make it the best, shaker bottle that he possibly could on the whole planet through this pursuit of growth he continues to serve his community and the needs of so many athletes around the planet what's up my brother how's things bro man everything's good man you know i got a huge pump in today so you know the arms are looking pretty good so i'm not too mad about that but um i love it you know, it, everything's kind of been locked down. So to be able to get out and, and get a pump in, uh, you know, two days in a row, actually, you know, weekend is a good feeling, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm living it up right now. I love it, dude. And I'm always seeing your videos online. You're always sharing the value of, of the way that you serve and the way that you can, um, people can, can actually learn from you by showing some of the workouts with the bands. So if anybody's not following you, they got to check you out on, on Instagram because you, you, you drop tremendous value there. Tremendous. Yeah, man. It's been pretty impressive actually, because I was probably about three months bands only, which I've never done in my life. I mean, I've always went to the gym, uh, you know, pretty much since I was you know 15. So uh, when I finally got to go back after three months, I was impressed because I picked up the hundreds and I was like, Hey, you know, these might be a little heavy. And I just started cranking, man. And I was good still. So, uh, you know, I, I stayed on a routine and I, I, I went hard, man. And you could find a way to get it done if you want to. And for me, it was just bands. That's all I had. And I was able to just maintain my strength with them. It's crazy how like we, we become so creative when we want to be, if we really want to make something happen. It's like a whole new emphasis of same thing, resilience, right? Especially if we want to get fit or if we want to get in sync um, and how we make that work. Yeah, so this whole period of this whole COVID and getting locked down, it was tough at first, but so many good things came out of it. And, and really, it's all how you looked at it. You know, if you wanted to get better, you could. And for us and for our business and even my personal uh, my, my life, you know, I took that opportunity to really accelerate. And, and we have. We actually got to a point now where, um, you know, we have no product left. We're waiting on product because uh, we sold so well. And that really came from day one saying, hey, you know, we're shut down. Everything's kind of shut down right now. What can we do to bring value to people? Just like you we were saying before. And we went back to the drawing board and said, hey, we might not be able to sell product now, but we can do workouts. You know, we can put recipes out. We could help people in this time live a healthier and active lifestyle. And that's what, what the product really is all about. That's what the company's about. And we went back to our roots and that's what we did. And 
you know, it wasn't the first week that we sold product. It wasn't the second week, the third week we were still down, but all of a sudden it was started just picking up and accelerating. Dude, this is a common denominator in your life, I think. And, 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 you know, talking, you know, with you even more behind the scenes a little bit, you know, resiliency is a, is a common theme in so many entrepreneurs' lives and in, in so many pro athletes' lives and so many experiences that we need to go through to really determine what's next. So if you don't mind sharing, uh, uh, you know, what's your experience been like growing up, you know, with your brothers, spending time, you know, evolving to the next level, and how that's helped you manifest your why, kind of where you're at, you know, over the years and where you have become to where you are today. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it was five boys in a household where it, it was mayhem, man. It was to the point where, you know, we didn't have furniture in our house. You know, we had a couch and that was it because everything else was a weapon. You know, if you want to put an end table out there, someone was getting power dropped through the end table. So uh, <laughs> it was broken within a week or two. And my parents knew that, so that was all gone, man. Like, there was a couch, and that was it. And we still use that as a weapon. You know, we took the pillows off. We had this game called Zoom where we ran full speed. We had to knock each other out, and then you just pile on the people. So uh, it, it was mayhem, man. It really was, but it bred competition for sure, uh, huge competition. And it, it was the brothers, but it was also, you know, we were that house where everybody came to. So it was also all our friends that, that would come over as well. Uh, but competition, sports, you know, our parents never let us stay inside. But on top of that, it, it was a lot more than that. It, it was always about, you know, you're going to get your homework done first before you're even allowed to go outside. Uh, you're going to learn the value of a dollar. You know, we had a paper out when we were, I don't know, I was probably 10. Uh, my older brother, you know, Gordy was probably 14 when we started, maybe even younger than that. But, you know, we're umpiring. Uh, you know, I worked for my dad's business when I was 15, delivering treadmills and, and fitness equipment. So everything we had we had to earn and that's how we were raised. And, and that just stuck with us, you know, even into the NFL when you know, Rob and I were both, you know, still bringing home meals from, from the complex uh, and saving them for the next day to eat. I love it. I love it, man. And tell me how, how, as you continue to, you know, going through, through that experience, were there defining moments that you had like with your brothers, with your parents, with the experience of that competition that there were maybe moments where there was some failures and you were like, hold on a second, I need to continue pushing, even though, you know, there, it might, I might be unsuccessful or I might have failed successful failures or whatever we want to describe them as, um, so to speak, that allowed you to push through into, you know, getting into the NFL and then, you know, now pushing through into this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, man. I mean, I think one of the biggest breakthroughs was um, our older brother, Dan. Uh, you know, he, he was my older brother. Uh, we had our brother Gordy first, but Dan really, uh, he broke through, man. He was this, he was this beast in high school. Um, He's the first one to play football in the family. And he got a, he got a full scholarship, a full D1 scholarship. And, uh, and our brother Gordy did too, but it was, it was for baseball and it's extremely hard to get a full. So he kind of got, uh, I think it was a quarter to start with, but uh, Dan got a full scholarship and was kind of like, man, that's amazing. That's so cool. Like I want to do that too. Uh, and for me, man, um, I was the shortest. I was the smallest in the family. Uh, I was probably the slowest as well. So uh, it was a challenge and I knew it was going to be, um, but you know, kind of like you said, I, I kept pushing, I kept pushing. I got into the Ivy league. I was going to the university of Penn uh, and I got into the Wharton business school, which was extremely hard to do. Wow. Uh, and so with that, um, it was huge, but I, I did, I, I kept pushing, uh, kept working. And the next thing I knew, um, I actually had a full scholarship offer at the last minute 
that really came because of my grades uh, for the most part. You know, my brother Dan was there. He was doing really well. Uh, they were about to go on academic probation and they lost a bunch of players due to grades and a bunch of the incoming players uh, also didn't make it in. So ended up getting a late offer, uh, which was kind of this, this, this amazing breakthrough moment for me uh, to go play division one football. Wow. Uh, so I jumped on that and, you know, it was kind of like, Hey, we'll give you this, but you better have a 4.0 when you show up here. Uh, and so that was, that was kind of the deal, but it kind of goes back to what we were taught, you know, work hard grades first, you know, grades matter. Um, and it did. It actually was huge for me, not just to get to college, but then to get to that next level. Because I, I tell people all the time that there's no way in hell I was even close to the best player. You know, there's there's so many good players in the world, but you know, first you got to get to college as a football player. Then you got to get through college. Then you got to get to the NFL. But at that point, you know, you have to avoid injuries this whole way. And once you finally get there, you actually have to learn a playbook and the defense, and you have to be smart. And so if you didn't build up all those skills throughout those years and you finally got to the show and you don't have those skills, you know, you're not going to make it at that point either. So there's so many things that, that lead up to it. And that's how I really made it there was just continuing to build on the hard work, the hard work, the hard work. And it all finally built up to the point where even though I wasn't the most talented, I was the best option. Wow. It's like, it's that saying execution trumps knowledge every day of the week. You know, execution yeah, trumps knowledge yeah. every day of the week. And it's like, uh, you, we make this decision. So, you know, it seems like you have this element of, you know, tremendous resilience, you know, not just yourself, but your brother is your family uh, dynamic. What would you tell somebody that is maybe getting started into whether it's, you know, their athlete's journey or their entrepreneurial journey and they have uncertainty, they don't know how, what would you tell somebody that's starting out fresh right now? Man, for me, when I tell anyone who's trying to start anything is, you know, you, you better have passion for it. You better absolutely love what you're trying to do because no matter how good you are, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. And if you don't absolutely love it, you're going to give up on it. You know, you're going to be a month into it, a year into it, maybe a couple of years into it, but eventually you're going to give up because it's truly not there. You're truly not passionate about it. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I absolutely loved what I was doing. Uh, and that's what really drove me, you know, that the passion for it. And it's been an insane roller coaster ride. Every day is for the most part, uh, especially when you're doing your own thing, man, because everything depends on you. You know, if it's a bad day, you know, it's all coming out of your pocket. It's not coming out of your employee's pocket. You know, they're, yeah. they're getting paid the same, you know, on, on, on salary for the most part. So there's just a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of responsibilities on your plate. So you, you got to be ready for that. And if you're not passionate about it, if you're not willing to go way out of the way, know 80 hours a week if you have to if you're not willing to scrub the floors if you have to there's so many different things come up that you never thought you would even know or have to learn and you you, you know you, you might spend a whole week learning it and, and so you better you better love what you're doing and have passion for it or it's never going to be successful is what it comes down to yeah man several years ago you went on this journey of entrepreneurial right like taking it to, pivoting and taking it to the next level this new journey of evolution for yourself, for your future, for the people that you know you can serve. So what changed for you in your beliefs to becoming like, okay, I know that there's something missing in the market and now taking on, you know, ice shaker, what changed in your beliefs to still um, encapsulate still this new methodology of passion and, and pursuit. Um, but now it's more business focused. Yeah, man. So I, it's a pretty, pretty cool story because um, 
you know, I actually left the NFL in, in 2013. Uh, I had four credited seasons and I got hurt. Uh, I, I left with an injury settlement and um, I got really lucky. Uh, I got lucky because my wife, she actually started her own business while I was playing. So, uh, man, I, I swear I got this bug crawling on me, but I'm good. <laughs> so she started, uh, she started this business when I was playing. She was actually sick of finding a new job after my third team. She's like, I'm not going to look for another job. So, um, started hand painting wine glasses. It turned into this big personalization company. Uh, and so within the first year outside the NFL, we we're actually making more money with her company than I was playing. So, uh, that transition's hard, man. Uh, and I got really lucky to kind of fall into this and really put all my efforts and passion into that at first. And, um, when it came down to it, it was about five years later, you know, this is what she loved. This is what she started. It really wasn't mine. You know, it really wasn't my passion. And then I, I came across the idea for the shaker and, at that point, you know, I didn't need anything else. We were super successful what she was doing. Uh, you know, I had I had money saved up from the NFL and I could have continued on the path of just saying, hey, this company's crushing it. You know, let's just keep riding this wave. But at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't what I loved doing. So I uh, transitioned over this, you know, I started as a side hustle and that's kind of how I also suggest people do it as well. I was lucky enough to get on to the Shark Tank um, get an offer from from Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez two investors and from there it was kind of just game on I love it I actually had no idea um that's a good story I had I really didn't know that um Mark Cuban was one of the ones that 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 took the next the the next step with you so that's that's super amazing to know so like now as you guys continue to evolve this product and evolve where you're going into the future what describe the process of how that experience of jumping on Shark Tank, you know, creating this amazing invention, um, and how you were able to like iterate that? Because there's a lot of times, and I just want to share that so many people, whether they're my clients that are creating new products or um, creating a new service, um, that or or any entrepreneur out there that might be listening, um, thinks that they need to come out with the best, you know iteration of their minimum viable product how would you describe that process for somebody that really is like looking to make sure that they start developing something that's really great in the market yeah man i think you kind of hit on it a little bit but um you know you don't have to to reinvent the wheel every time um you know people come to me and they say how'd you how'd you think of this idea you know i took a proven concept and i just made it better and I think that's the best way to do it. At least I think so. I mean, it's super hard to create something new because you need so much money to then educate you know, your customer base about it. Uh, so I always tell people, hey, find something that's already successful, but you just don't like something about it and then fix it. And that's how I always kind of came across things. But um, yeah, man, the, the journey after Shark Tank was just as hard. You know, a lot of people think you go on there, uh, you know, you get all this money, you get this exposure, your sales blow up overnight and it's all true. Uh, but what people don't see is the fact that, yeah, your sales, you know, 10, 20, 30 X, maybe a hundred X overnight, but the work also does too. So your workload goes from 10, 20, 30 to a hundred X overnight as well. And for me at that time, like I said, it was, it was a side hustle. So, you know, it was out of the upstairs of my house. Uh, you know, I had a, a storage, um, you know, storage uh, container as well. And, and that was it. And, and so it all came to me at that point and it was, Hey, you know, let's, let's figure this out and let's figure this out overnight. And, and so 
all that work from marketing to, to product research, uh, to fulfilling orders, engraving, shipping, all that stuff was on my plate. And I had to figure it out at that point. And that's hard. You know, that's when a lot of people fail. And then, you know, even when you do start to figure that out, then you have to figure out how to keep that wave going and keep the sales going. So uh, it, it's been a journey. I wish I knew uh, what I know now. I wish I knew it before we aired. Uh, but man, it's all part of the process. And, and every day, you know, you got to get better or your competition's going to gonna catch up to you. So it's always been like that and it always will and will always continue just to, to find ways to get better. And when you didn't know something, when you were like uncertain about a situation, you know, I, I know you had your brothers. So like, what was it like to be able to lean on them, you know, for different things or even go out there and find somebody that was able to help you with either implementation or, you know, advice or support. What was that like to be able to know that like, even though you may have not been the expert in all of it, right. But you were the creative behind it all, but being able to like pass on some, some of that, um, that leverage so that you could focus on what you were really brilliant at doing. Man, that was, it was actually hard for me to do. Um, one of the first person I, I leaned on was my dad. He's been in business for over 30 years. You know, I watched him grow up. He worked six jobs. I mean, I'm sorry, he worked six years, two jobs, uh, you know, to, to get his off the, off the ground. You know, he worked his full time. He worked a full time job with it. And so I saw it from the beginning. I helped deliver treadmills for him. So you know, he was one of the first ones that I would reach out to and he would tell me things. And, you know, as an athlete, you're so competitive and you think you can do everything by yourself. So it was hard for me to reach out at first. And I think it was one of my biggest downfalls. Uh, you know, if I could go back, I would have reached out to people from day one. I would have asked for more help. I actually started doing this, um, you know, kind of after that wave died down in Shark Tank. I started going on Facebook groups. Uh, I joined young entrepreneurship groups. I started reaching out to people that were already there, that were already successful and, and asked and started asking, actually listening at that point, because I finally realized that I didn't have all the answers. And then that same thing, um, you know, even after that and moving forward, it's something I think that I, I fell on as well was really just bringing a team in to help me out as well. Uh, kind of like you said, that, you know, I was good at certain things. Uh, I was trying to do everything. And, and even if I was good at everything, I didn't have enough time to do it all. And so there wasn't enough time in the day. I was getting burned out. I really wasn't focused on, you know, really growing this and making it better. So I was just lost in the day to day. And, and I finally realized that, hey, if you want to win a championship, if you want to be the best, you got to have that team with you. And, and I finally saw that and put so much more attention on it, especially going into this year and uh, really trying to build that culture and that team around Ice Shaker. Dude, um... I think that we all struggle with that. And I, I know that like, I know that like being creative and having the ideology of like wanting to do it all by yourself because, you know, but like passing off that control um, and, and be trusting that somebody else knows what they're doing is a difficult fucking thing. <laughs> Would you agree? Oh, that, that was the hardest part. Oh. And um, I mean, it took me years to finally realize it. And, and then even when I finally decided to do it, I really won't give them the freedom they needed. You know, I, I would, I would, you know, bring them in and then I would give them the role and then I'll start taking it back and I'll start answering the stuff for them. I start doing the work for them. And, and you know, it finally really dawned on me. It, I really finally realized that if I want to grow, I can't do that. You know, if I want to grow, I got to give it to them. You know, maybe they might end up even being better than me, but I got to at least give them a chance to do it. And if they're not doing it right, I got to be a good leader and I have to teach them the right way to do it and the way that I think that it should be done. And, uh, and that's, that's how it is now. You know, everything I look at now is more about, Hey, 
instead of just patching it, let's find a new process to fix it so it never happens again. You know, let's make this better by finding the root problem and actually fixing it instead of just patching it every time. So that's kind of all we're about now is let's get these processes in place. You know, if something does happen, if someone else needs to come in, they can. If I need to leave for a week, I could finally leave for a week and this thing could run on its own without me being there all day, every single day. And, and that's where it needs to be with every single person because it should be a team. Anyone should be able to step in just like a football team. You know, if one guy goes down, the next guy's in and that's how you have to also look at business. Absolutely. I think, yes, I love it. I think that like, like the, the analogy that you said, you know, if you want to win a, a championship, you got to do it in a team atmosphere. It's like, you know, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, yourself, your brothers, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, they, they, you, like, we wouldn't be, wouldn't be successful if you were the only guy on the team, you know? Um, so I think that that's, that's, that there's tremendous value in that analogy and the way that you approach that together. So, you know, you've created this great product. Where did you get this really amazing idea from? Where did it stem from? Yeah, man, it, it came from a simple problem that I had, you know, I was going to work, I was bringing one cup, you know, I was going to the gym, I was grabbing a shaker bottle, I was mixing it, I was going home, I was using another cup. And really, I was at the gym, and it was super hot. And I was making little sweat rings on the ground at the gym, and I took a sip, it was warm, tasted like shit. And I'm like, all right, man, there's got to be something better out there, right? So went home that day, there's a bunch of insulated bottles on the market, but you know, everything had these little holes, or you know, there's hard to fill, it's hard to clean or you just couldn't shake it you, know, you couldn't blend anything in it. So I finally just said, Hey, I'm going to make the best bottle that I can for the gym, but also that I could use everywhere. You know, I could bring it to the office. You know, I could bring it in the pool with me. I could bring it on the airplane. And at any time, if I want to just crush a shake, uh, because I'm living an active, healthy lifestyle, I could just throw some protein in there and I'm good to go as well. So that was really the goal uh, was just to make it for myself. And I figured that if I wanted it, other people would probably want it too. And I found out really quick that a lot of people were looking for something similar. It's crazy how our mess becomes our message, <laughs> right? <laughs> like uh, so many of us as creators want to go out there and, and create stuff that, but first, first we're doing something to fix our problem. And all of a sudden it becomes tons of people's problem and, and we grow. And I think that that's the reason why entrepreneurs are changing the world. How do some of these values, these tremendous values that you've grown up, um, you know, establishing, you know, through the competitiveness with your brothers, through, you know, your teamwork with being in the NFL, through your experience of seeing your dad, um, you know, have, have business. How has that evolved? How has that evolved to allow you to build um, and grow your business to the next level? So how did the, your values show up in your work today? Man, every, every day, I mean, people ask how similar is the NFL to, to being an entrepreneur. And I think really everything that you learn in sports transitions over, you know, the, the long work or the long days, the hard work, uh, like I said, the, the teamwork, but also, you know, multitasking. You go to college, you have to study. Uh, you got to go to study hall. You got to go to breakfast. You got to go to workout. You got to go to practice. Uh, then you come home and you got to study for the next day. You know, I think all these things that you learn through sports, uh, through college, all that just through your life just adds on and um, all kind of, kind of comes to, uh, you know, this, this entrepreneur space where if you have it, you, you can you can do well. Uh, you kind of have to be, a, I, I think, someone that can do all, all kinds of crazy different things uh, to really be successful. But um, 
yeah, man, all that, all that works. And it all comes down to you, you kind of like a, an athlete, an NFL player. If you want to be successful and you put the hard work in the study in and you grind, you, you look at your comp competitors, you do all that and you do it hard and you, and you put the, and you actually put the work in, you're going to be successful at it. And so it's almost the same thing, man. And that's how I, that's how I look at business. You touched on something really amazing there. And I want to just, uh, if you don't mind elaborating, if you look at your competitors and really um, seeing what they're doing, because sometimes I know in my experience, I would look at my competitors and think, holy cow, what they're doing it so much better. But re recognizing, and I think that this comes in, in the evolutionary process of becoming like a leader or an entrepreneur or whatever, you realize that these competitors, they're really no competition. You can differentiate yourself. Right, but you've got to take a look at the competition, stop comparing to yourself and seeing how you can be unique versus them. So do you, do you mind sharing on what you did specifically to look at your competitors and see how you can differentiate, to put, set yourself apart in the market? Yeah, 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 you know, when we first started, there was really nothing out there and that's where the idea came from. Uh, so, you know, of course, after that, a lot of people have come into the market and really at the end of the day, the best way to separate yourself is with absolutely uh, amazing customer service and experience. You know, you could have all the patents in the world. You could, you can have the best product in the world, but at the end of the day, if you don't take care of people, if you don't make real relationships, uh, if you don't have great customer service and a great experience, it doesn't matter. You know, Amazon is taking over the world. So how do I get people to continuously come to my website and buy product from me? Uh, you know, it's the little things that we do. You know, if you buy from us, you know, I, you get a free gift just right out the door. You don't even know it's coming, but it, it's something where I spent a lot of time creating an ebook that really breaks down, you know, my nutritional habits, my workouts, my sleep, everything on a day-to-day -day basis for seven days that we just shoot out free because we know everyone buying our product is interested in living a, a healthier, active lifestyle. So we try to do as much as we can, you know, always follow up with thank yous uh, to, to every customer that buys from us. Uh, you know, I'll even hand sign cards and put them in every single box and um, really just trying to make the experience completely different and really appreciate and let people know that we really appreciate them uh, because we do, you know, it's very hard to get a customer. And like they say, you know, it's a lot easier to keep one than to get a new one. So uh, really that's, that's how we've been able to, to differentiate ourselves once we, once we get there, but there's really nothing that you can do besides that experience that really makes it that much different from everything else. If someone wants to copy you, they can for the most part. I love it. I, and you're right. You're, if somebody, if somebody, it's like, uh, I forget the quote, but somebody said, you know, have I ever created some, Oh, Steve jobs. He said, where do you, when somebody asked him, where do you get your best ideas from? He's like, I stole them. It's with anything, man. If you do it better than everyone else, you're going to be successful at it. I mean, it, it's with my wife's business was the same way. You know, she was able to grow this extremely fast. And at the end of the day, there's no patents. There's nothing proprietary about it. It's the fact that, you know, she turns product around faster than people. She gives them a great customer experience and she brings in quality product and, and that's it. You know, it's that simple. Everyone gets their order on time. You know, if something happens, she fixes it right away. And people love it. And when you do that, they're going to tell people about you. It's going to organically spread. And, and that's really what it all comes down to. It's just every single time, every single day, providing an all, you know, a really good experience for your customer. 
Yeah, the client is the king. That's for sure. It's like it's like literally understanding how what needs they want to desire. I love that, man. That's such a good uh, way of putting um, just serving service. So, bro, like, how do you, you know, with the family, you know, you've got some beautiful children, amazing wife, two businesses, brothers. You guys spend time all together. <laughs> how do you balance all this together, bro? You're you're man. missing that. That's the, that's the challenge. That's the real challenge. And uh, it, it's really trying to maximize every single minute of your day. Uh, I, I like to wake up early and I get a lot done. I get a lot done in one hour that most people probably won't get done in half the day. You know, I really lock in. I, I try to, you know, almost put this sense of urgency on myself. So, uh, you know, I wake up and I'll say, hey, you know, by this time I have to have all this done. And when you do that, it's kind of like, you know, last minute studying for a test. You, know, yeah. you procrastinate to the last minute. And then you have a test tomorrow and all of a sudden with 30 minutes left, you know, the night before, before you go to bed, you're like, all right, let's really lock in. Well, you got to find out how to do that each and every day once you have kids. Because before, you know, I, I didn't care. I worked 80 hours a week. That, that was no problem for me. I was used to working. But once I had kids, I had to say, hey, you know, I don't have that time anymore. And when five o'clock comes, I need to be home. I need to be with my kids. And you know, once I put them to bed, I can jump back on the computer. But, you know, that, that starts to really wear down on you after a while because, then you're up early again with the kids. So uh, I really had to find a way to really put that sense of urgency on myself and, and also really use my time the most efficiently that I can. So, you know, I, I couldn't take every single meeting in the world anymore. Uh, I couldn't jump on every single podcast or whatever it was. You know, I had to really start being selective with everything I was doing. And then I just had to plan out my day. So each and every minute, for the most part, it was scheduled. And when you do that, it's incredible how much stuff you get done. Because you know, you're locked in. There's a schedule. Boom! I have to do this. Boom! After that. Boom! After that. You get it all down. You know, really study your 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 you know your calendar and your day, and really lock in and really get uh, you know, really get focused on what you have to do, and you'll you'll accomplish way more than you than you think. You're not just sitting there staring at your computer anymore. Do you have any tips or tricks um, that you do um, for anybody listening that like that are really effective that they could just take? You know. Uh, from your experience that really locks you in and gets you really focused, a, a, you know, a rhythm or, you know, some people call them a routine in the morning that <clears throat> establishes their day right off the hop. Usually uh, before COVID hit, I always woke up and I went right to the gym. And I always thought that that was the best start of the day for me because, you know, I, I really, I got the stress off my plate. I thought about the day, you know, between reps and stuff like that. And you just come out of there energized. You know, you come out fired up, you know, your mm -hmm. blood's pumping, you're good to go. So I always love getting a pump in early in the morning. But since COVID hit, I changed it up. I actually, um, for me, I, I could really focus and really lock in when I first wake up um, I, and then also at night. So when there's really important things uh, to do, I like to crush them right when I wake up. Uh, and then I kind of wait because I wake up so early. It's not it's not Sunday yet. Uh, so I couldn't really work out. I can't work out in the dark in my house or in my backyard. So, uh, yeah, I'll wait, I'll crush it then. And then, um, I'll actually then get my workout in, hang out with the family and then boom, I'm re-energized and, and I'm, I'm ready to go for the rest of the day. And then also lock in at night and, uh, really just build out my schedule for the next day. And I think that's a really good technique too, is, you know, take an extra, you know, 10, 15 minutes at night when you're just sitting on the couch, when you're really not productive at all and you really don't feel like doing anything. Uh, you know, really use that time to just set your schedule and that's it. You know, it doesn't take much thinking. Uh, you just kind of lock your schedule in. you think about what you have to do the next day and boom, you know, you're ready to go the second you wake up.
And, and it's cool because you both you and your wife have a business, right? So you guys are probably both really organized and really connecting and making sure that, you know, calendars align and, and making, you know, the business, the, the family and the relationship really cohesive and working together. Yeah, we have to, you know, uh, we have three kids under the age of three, uh, three boys that is. So, uh, you know, if, if she has something going on, my schedule has to bounce around uh, and vice versa. If I'm locked in, she has to bounce around with the kids. So, uh, yeah, we have to, we have to continuously plan it out and we just have to be, you got to be agile, man. You just got to make things happen as well. So it's a lot of work, but I'd rather be busy than be bored, man. I love it, man. So true. Listen, Chris, you've given us such a profound path to success. I mean, you, you, you've been through, you know, the, the big family, you know, when you were younger, you guys have, you know, pushed through so much as a young, you, 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 you've went to the, uh, you know, Wharton School of Business, which I remember looking at applications of. No, I didn't, I didn't like, go, man. I, I gave that up. I gave that oh, up. Oh, you, you gave it up. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I, but still, regardless, dude, like that was, that's incredible, right? And, and then making the decision to like being accepted, you know, pushing through to, to go into the NFL, you know, building this profound, amazing business alongside your wife while she builds her business, having an amazing family and continuing to grow, man. So there's so much like successes that you continue to offer. Like, what would you say would be one reason why people fail in any why of these fail. areas? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I would, I would probably say that, you know, first off, they're not passionate about it. Kind of going back to that, they give up too early. Um, number two is, man, I, I think a lot of people just, just don't want to get, just do things like just figure it out on their own. You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out so much on your own. And uh, a lot of times I hear people just say like, Hey, I don't know how to do that. So they don't do it. You know, and when I was doing it, you know, there was nothing that I do. And every time I didn't know something, it was almost this challenge for me. It was like, Hey, I don't know how to use Photoshop. All right. I'm going to figure out how to do Photoshop. I'll figure out how to do all my images. I'll take, I'll figure out how to shoot camera, you know, a camera and take my own product photos. Uh, I didn't know how to do anything, but everything I did, I just figured out on my own. You know, YouTube's a hell of a tool, but the people that fail, they just say, yo, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how to do it. And I had a, I had Peter Taunton on. I love this story and it sticks with me. Uh, he's the CEO of Snap Fitness and I just had him on my podcast, Gronk Up. And he told this story about how, you know, he was offered the opportunity to flip a gym. It was losing a quarter million dollars a year. They asked him to come in and manage it. And, um, you know, he said, okay, but, you know, what's, what's my marketing budget? They said, zero. He said, well, what's my budget for, you know, new carpets, new equipment, uh, all that? He said, he said, you know, we're, we're negative $250,000. Your, your budget is zero. What do you mean? You know, there's no budget there. And he was able to flip this gym. And within three years, it was, it was profiting 250K. And I, so I said, you know, how, how'd you do it? Well, you know, with no budget, nothing. And um, he said, you know, most people would have just, you know, kind of just gave up or, you know, he just got creative. He said that he hustled, he went to every single local business and he started trading the memberships for carpet, for windows, for fitness equipment, for whatever it was, he said, hey, I'll give you memberships for your, your entire staff, you know, if I can get some carpet. And he just got super creative with every single thing that he did. Wow. And it was so amazing to hear it. And I was like, man, that's exactly the entrepreneur spirit. You know, that's, that is how you succeed. And that is why he went on to, you know, he has thousands of gyms throughout the world now. Uh, because of that, you know, it, he never even ran a gym. He could have easily just said, hey, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I've never ran a gym before. I have no budget. How am I supposed to get people in here? And he could have just gave up on it. But, you know, the people that, that really want it, that he was super passionate about it and just think outside of the box and, and really just want to get it done and figure out a way how, those are the people that are going to be successful. The resilience. The resilient. I yeah, love it, man. Yeah. That is profound. That's, that's a great story, man. I did it. Yeah, I had no idea, man. I love it. I'm gonna have to listen to that episode. It was a good story, man. I was I was sitting there like, how'd you do it, man? Like, I was, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat listening because, I mean, it was impressive. It, it really is because, you know, most people would have just said, hey, it's not even possible. And, and they even the owners of the company, they were paying him sixteen thousand dollars salary, which was pretty much minimum wage. But what they told them was, if you make a profit, all the profit will go towards equity for you in the business. So you could buy us out with profit. So if you turn a profit on this company, it will go towards buying us out of it. And he ended up buying them out within, uh, I think it was like five years with, wow. with the profit. So it was just, uh, just a really cool story, man, that stuck with me. Good for him, man. That's amazing. So much, so much, if we, it's like our dreams, if we, we see the power of our mind, we really can establish anything that's, anything that's possible. Yeah, man, it, it, a lot of it, it is mindset as well. And, and I think that's huge. And that kind of also, uh, I think comes from sports. You know, the, the mindset from there is <laughs> to never fail, to never give up. Uh, you know, you just, it, it's, it, for me, you know, going into the NFL as an undrafted free agent, that was that mindset. Like, hey, you're going to make it no matter what. And you got to take that same attitude and apply it towards business because it's kind of the same opportunity. You know, it, it's almost like that one in a million and that's kind of how you got to look at it. You got to, you got to figure out how to beat the odds. Absolutely, bro. So listen, you've given us so much value here, bro. Uh, but I want to, you know, before we go, I want to make sure that um, anybody, you know, if they want to know more about your podcast, if they want to know more about Ice Shaker, how they can reach out to you, if you have any, any, any ways that they can, you know, connect to you, or if you have a lead magnet or anything like this, where they could literally, um, you know, um, connect with you. Uh, please feel free and, and I'll share it in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, check me out at Chris Gronkowski, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, on Facebook, we're at Ice Shaker Bottle um, and, and also on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter as well. But uh podcast is called Gronked Up and find it wherever you're listening to this at, find it at the same place. But yeah, man, uh, feel free to, to DM me, hit me up, whatever it is. I post a lot of workout videos, uh, a lot of tips, stuff like that as well. So Come check it out. Get swole with me, baby. And let's yeah, do this. I love it. So, bro, last question before we go, because I want to make sure um, I always ask everybody this, and I think it's super interesting um, as I continue to get everybody's um, responses. If you had three days left to live, what would you do? Man, that, that's a tough call, man, uh, because I, I, I'm definitely spending it with my family and my kids. And, man, I think I would just kind of try to go around and, and hang out with everybody that has been good to me, man. And that's a lot of family to, to go hang out with and kind of go chill with. So uh, for me, I probably still have to wake up and compete in something with them uh, for sure. So we're probably working out still. We're probably playing some kind of game. And man, that's it's kind of how every day is. You know, I don't think much would change. And I, I think that's big, man. If, if uh, if you're living every day to the fullest, you know, really nothing should have to change. Yeah, absolutely, bro. That's amazing, right? Live like the other day I was reading um, The Untethered Soul, like for the, I think, eighth time or something. 
but he's like he always says like are you living this next week like it would be your last week you know contemplate your death because it's the most if we have death it because it's our life is it creates scarcity therefore our life becomes so valuable so yeah man i mean the only thing that might change is i might spend a lot more money and that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's probably it man so i'll make sure make sure that happens but everything else i, I mean i'm pretty conservative so I, I would spend some money man that's for sure I love it, dude. Any last kind of remarks or, 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 or anything you want to share? Man, uh, I think we hit on a lot today though. Um, you know, I, I think right now we're kind of going through tough times. I don't know how it is for you in, in Australia, but, um, in the U S you know, a lot of people are down on it and kind of what we hit on before, man, use this opportunity to, to bring value. I think you, you hit on that earlier. And, um, I think it's just so true you know, everyone kind of looks at the negative and looks at the things they can't do right now. Uh, you know, you have to flip it. You have to look at the positive and everything that you can do. You have to just, you know, look what you can get better at. And, and that's what we did. You really dig deep and then find how to bring value to people because tough times don't last, you know, and, and tough people do. And eventually that's going to come back to you, man. So do the work now, uh, bring that value to people. And then if you get in a, in a tough spot, you know, it's going to come back to you at, at some point as well. And people are going to really respect that and appreciate it, especially during a tough time. So that's really been my attitude for the, this whole time. Uh, I've been stuck in my house uh, for probably three months now. I have three little kids, so I, I don't really want to go out and, uh, and chance, chance uh, anything with, with the virus and stuff like that. So I've been super conservative about that. But you know, I'm just finding ways to still get it done, to still bring value to people, even if it is a, a band workout for my house. And I think that's kind of how everyone has to look at this time. So go out there, um, even if you're in a tough spot, you know, really try to try to think what you can bring value in. And if you're super smart at one thing, or you really have something that you give a value, do it. And people will appreciate it. And, and it will come back to you at some point. Yeah, man, karma, it, it, it comes back tenfold. Chris, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your brilliance. Thank you so much for your expertise. And thank you so much for showing up. Um, in the world the way that you are, bro. You, you, you're a blessing, man. Um, so much love for you, and I, I thank you again, man. I appreciate it, Eric, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, bro. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds Podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this, your X factor always determines your Y factor.